guy like me as a patriot drove me bananas. I mean, drove me up the wall and down again, okay? It, it, it went, it made me ballistic. Uh, but that really happened. But here's a guy who stood up there in the camera and said, you know what? Well, we're going to do this, but we're going to put America first. And people just stop like hell. And you hear the crowd go, I mean, we just haven't heard that in a while, Colonel Warshuk. We haven't heard that. What happened to America first? And yet then... You know, he then said, yeah, and we're going to work with all the countries out there to calm our allies down and our partners and our adversaries. Absolutely. But do you know what? Allies and adversaries and others out there, we're going to put America first. Now, that is a hell of a campaign. And I'll tell you what, you, get, you, you give me a guy who can do that as president and I'll give him or her the keys to the car. And I'll let them drive it all around the world, Colonel Warshuk, throughout Europe and everywhere else, because American pride in patriotism is alive and well right here in 2016, in the year of our Lord. You know that? Talk. Just talk. Because that's what we do here, friends. Malcolm Out Loud Talk. Welcome to the show. What joining me on the show is a is certainly a friend and a contributor of the show, Colonel Jim Warshuk. He's a 30-year career senior intelligence officer, retired U.S. Air Force colonel, held positions on the White House National Security Staff, headquarters U.S. Central Command, has worked all over the world and represented our country. And uh, again, I call uh, Colonel Warshuk an American hero and, and clearly a patriot. He's also been in, in an advisory capacity for the, the, the Donald Trump campaign for president, has been uh, very much near and dear to his heart. He's been watching this campaign all the way through. So we're excited to have him on the show today as we reflect on this historic race. Colonel Warshuk, take a moment and tell us, you know, I've known you now for, it's been probably about six, seven years or so. It was before the Romney-Obama uh, election that was, um, well, it was a pretty incredible loss for a good part of the country. Uh, and a very strange election. But here we are here again, another hot fought, hard fought battle. And I just talk about patriotism and what this means to our country, no matter who you are, Republican, Democrat, independent, which, in fact, Donald Trump touched on on his uh, in his acceptance speech uh, very early on the ninth of that morning. Right, Colonel? That's correct, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity, Malcolm, to be back on your show. Uh, very much enjoy uh, everything that you're doing and, and and your great platform and the opportunity you provide us veterans and, and military folks. Um, yeah, this, this, in fact, was a very monumental election, you know, you call it historic. I call it monumental. You know, we we lived uh, the last eight years in really a malaise, particularly when you look at it from the aspect of national security, uh, the safety and security of our country, uh, the things that have occurred in the in the last eight years that really I think drove American people to where we are today uh, and the reason why they they wanted Donald Trump and and you and I have talked about it before uh, you know you go back a year and a half or so when the campaigns really started uh, picking up and everybody 
kind of pointed their finger, the political pundits, the media, uh, Democrat, Republican, independents, conservative, liberals, and, and you know, kind of laughed and chuckled at Donald Trump as being a candidate. And uh, I think it was the result of those of us who saw him uh, as a genuine patriot, uh, not a politician, that we we came together and realized that this is the kind of person that America needs. Uh, and I think most importantly, this is, this is the decision that the American people, uh, came to and, and, and made last night. You know, in many ways, it's being called the next revolutionary war that was fired without a gunshot. What do you think of that? Well, that's, that's, that's interesting and profound. Uh, but I think, I think it is, uh, I can remember when uh, Donald Trump first announced, uh, you know, those were kind of the was kind of the essence of what he talked about in uh, this is going to be an election, you know, of of 2016 and of and of this of this uh, this century. Uh, and and it certainly has has played out that that way, despite the the rancor and other types of uh, you know mischief and everything else we saw happening over over the last several months. Yeah. Well, uh, one thing we've all seen again and again, and we can all attest to today on the day after, as we call it, um, is that politics is dirty business. And, you know, many years ago, we used to always say, you know, Colonel, election after election after election, we say, wow, if we could only get a businessman to run. And then people would chuckle around me, say, <laughs> yeah, funny. And they would look at me kind of cross-eyed when I would say that, Jim. You know, really? Yeah. And I would say, you know, but, you know, I'm so tired of the political establishment. And I'm talking Republicans, Democrats, and I'm talking all of them, Jim. I'm not talking one side of the political aisle here. You understand? You know, uh, I'm talking the whole uh, the, the whole group, you know, the whole bucket. Um, in fact, we, sh- we should call them. We should call them the basket of deplorables. That would be an appropriate name for that group. But, you know, I, I see that and I would say that and people say, no, it can't happen. It's not going to happen. But, you know, you see how ugly politics is and then you recognize immediately why most people will not run for high political office because, you know, everything that you've ever done in your life, everything you've ever been, every mistake you've ever had will come out and you will be accounted for. It's like, it's almost, you know, Colonel, it's almost to me like Judgment Day. It's almost like you're in front of like the pearly gates and, you know, and it's like Judgment Day. It's like, well, you did this when you were four. You said this on the bus when you were, you know, uh, uh, 40 uh, or 50 and, and you did this when you were 30 and you said, that, you know, we have all done stupid things. I mean, I don't know of anybody in my life who is, has the sanctity of being perfect, uh, Colonel. You know, uh, you know, I, I use that uh, that same uh, point. Uh, I've, I've advised and helped out on a number of political campaigns, and I and I said, you know, you have to be ready to throw out everything on the table, everything about you, uh, and it's for the voters in the world to see, and for the media to make of what they see it as rather than what it really is and i said you know uh in fact i did use the word it's like judgment day the only difference is the lord is fair where the media is not 
and uh you know it's 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 pretty ugly and 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 politics and when you get into political campaigns one of the things i i first advise uh particularly a lot of local uh folks who are running for office uh politics is war without the shooting uh, it is cutthroat. It is dirty. Uh, and you have to be able to be ready to stand up to whatever uh, they throw at you, whether it's from your opposition party or from your opposition candidate or from the media or from whoever. Uh, there are going to be people out there looking to to target you and, and, and smear you. So it is it is a dirty game. And you are or you are so right on that, Malcolm. You know, I want to share something with you, Colonel, the other day here. There were folks around me uh, that were really concerned about this election. And um, there were some really passionate people uh, in regards to loving Donald Trump and the movement he had created. And there were some really strong, passionate people that loved the rise of Hillary Clinton and where she was at. And I was listening to both sides, quite frankly. Um, people I respect on both sides of the aisle. And, and I would hear them. And they would tell me their concerns. And and I would sometimes get upset a bit. My system, like I would think, wow, I don't know. I'm a, I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm a patriot, but I'm also sort of a fix it kind of guy, you know, Colonel. I, I want everything to go right. I love our country incredibly so, and I love Americans and and all that we stand for. And I, uh, yeah, I couldn't be prouder, uh, really and truly, to be uh, an American today again, no matter what it was. But you know what I said to them? This is before the election. Now, in the days leading up to the election. And I said to them this. You know, I, I don't know who's going to take this, this, this election. I, I really don't know. But one thing I can tell you is we are going to be fine. I convinced myself of this, Colonel. I said, we are going to be fine just after this election. Because do you know why? Because God is in control here. And I said this to... To, to, to many people, actually, who are coming to me with their fears and their alarms and their concerns and their, their worries. And I don't, I, it's the only thing I could really come up with that would make sense for me to say to them, I don't know who's, maybe Hillary Clinton is the next president. Okay. And if she does make it and she becomes, you know, the next president, the 45th president of these United States and the first women president, if this is it, and, and, and if the electorate and, and if our Lord has overlooked all of that stuff, all of the email stuff, all of the problems, all of the criminality things we've discussed, and, and I don't really want to beat all that to death today. I just I'm over it, quite frankly. But if that's the case, then I will accept that as the president. And, you know, Colonel, I got to tell you, my kids, they're 12 and 14, as you know. And they were like, Dad, how can you say that? You know, kids, right, Colonel? You know, <laughs> they were like, I understand. You know, you can't. What do you mean? You can't. She's she, I'm over. Dad, what country are we moving to if she wins? And they're, they're like serious about this. And they, they wanted to move to Australia. And because they hear all the celebrities say they're going to move to another country if Trump won. I'm wondering uh, when all these celebrities are going to leave, by the way, if we can get them a ticket or something. Or maybe you'll help me create some fundraising so we can buy them tickets and get them out uh, to assist them. That would be lovely. Uh, but anyway, so it was Australia was the mark. And my kids were sort of on this thing. I said, no, no, we're going to it's going to be fine. Whoever's going to be president, it's supposed to be that way. And they looked at me and they quite didn't quite understand what I was talking about, Colonel. But I really do believe that there's a purpose to everything that is happening. And I do believe that God is in control here. 
Very much so. He uh, he sets our destiny. I firmly believe that. He gives us the opportunity for us to make our decisions and knowing full well that we will perhaps do the right thing, but also sometimes we don't do so so much the right thing. Uh, but you're right. I, I, I believe he, uh, he, ha- he has set our course. Uh, we may need a little nudging here and there, and I think we we came together and, and, and took advantage of <clears throat> that opportunity yesterday uh and and it played out as it as it is uh that we found out at around three this morning uh i'm still a little perplexed i was looking at the electoral map a little while ago and they still had not declared michigan and arizona and a couple other states yet for either one i'm just kind of sitting there wondering okay so they've given donald trump 279 and hillary clinton 228 and i'm just kind of sitting there wondering he okay, may go so over three hundred yet. We don't know. He that. may go over. Yes, he may yes. go over three. And you know that was that was a that was a prediction that his campaign had made that they were looking at upwards of three twenty five. And I I reflected back on that last night uh, talking with some folks uh, at the uh, watch gathering we had, and I said, you know, he, he has some very good um people working for him who you know you may not see him in the limelight they're behind the scenes and you know they're they're the people who are are guiding him and telling him where to go don't go to this state now go to this state go to this venue go do this uh we were watching a lot of them what was scheduled uh suddenly changed so i mean he obviously had uh some some great guidance and advice to get him to to go where he needed to do and and there they had kind of talked uh talked about that they would see us somewhere around 300 electoral or plus votes well, you started to see that happen, the uh, the momentum. It's all, it's all about momentum at that point. And you started to see it, and you seen that Florida was going to be close, and um, there were uh, a lot more. Uh, the Hispanic vote, uh, you know, was um, much higher in Florida, but there were a lot of people who came out. Now, here's the thing I want to say to you. This is important. I, I get your view on this here, but... One of the things I've seen that gives me even I the reason I feel we're victory this morning for all Americans is is this. I don't think, Colonel, America is a far left country. Uh, Socialist, uh, extreme progressiveness, uh, socialist. I, I don't believe that. I also don't believe America is a far right country with the lunatics on the right or the left. So I don't think that. So here's what I've seen over my lifetime. What I've seen is this. Back to the path that you just talked about, and you just said when we meander too far this way or that way, uh, we seem to get a correction. Well, that's kind of been my talking point over the uh, decades here, is that any time I've seen our country go down a path uh, that heads towards that extremism, it tends to bounce back. That has been one of the proven principles that I've seen of greatness that keep us sort of sane, if you will, sane. 
And there's a lot of power struggle behind uh, things here that we've seen in this election with Trump, who's a clear outsider, who's not in the inside establishment, Colonel. And so he is totally like he doesn't know where the bones are buried. This man has no idea where the bones are buried. It just is that way, friends. Whereas, obviously, a Hillary Clinton presidency, she knows where the bones are buried. Now, what does that mean? Well, you do the math. And we were already headed down that far left yellow brick road. And I know so I'm not talking about those who get upset with me because I'm talking. I, listen, I'm talking about all America needs to understand that our country is better served when we're political center, where more where Americans are and not far either side of the aisle. What do you say to that? I, I think you're I think you're correct. Um, I think that's where most Americans want to see us. Uh, with that, I think, though, there are certain aspects to governing um, that Americans want to see us uh, at sometimes be more conservative. Uh, certainly when we get to uh, national security and, and, and law enforcement, people want to live in a, in, a, in a country where they they can go out at night anywhere in the country and do things with their family and not worry about the safety and security of their kids if they're if they're walking the streets uh to go to a friend's house at, at night to to a birthday party or something like that and you know growing up myself and looking back on on what I was was able to do as a young kid as as young as 6 and 7 years old walked all over the neighborhood for miles and miles at all times of uh, the day I would leave the house at 7.30 in the morning in the summer to go to a friend's house and uh, be gone all day long and we would be all over town going and doing whatever we were doing. Not getting in trouble of course, but you know, and and my, my parents never felt uh, worried or wondered where I was or if I was in harm's way. Uh, you can't do that anymore. I mean, everything is practically uh, moving your your young kids around by 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 car or by bus or carpool or something. It's just you just don't let them go walking all over town at that age. But you know, back in our time, there was never a fear. Uh, that has changed, and I think I think Americans want that back they they uh they they somehow just wish that they could get to that how we get there there are those who say we may go too far to the right in order to get that get that back of course that may be the only way we we can do it i think the liberal side has tried to go in the other direction to solve problems and we find that we have created even even more problems uh so i think what what they saw in this election what they saw in donald trump was uh the political the politics out of the picture and just a individual who perhaps used a little more common sense and it may play into uh his his process of of, of decision making where a little bit more common sense is involved rather than some create some great uh liberal political dynamic to solving a problem 
Well, I know many of you are scratching your head when you hear that because you're saying, Colonel, come on, common sense and politics? What are you talking about? <laughs> so, but, you know, when you take those two, they don't always add up to reality, Colonel Warshuk. But um, anyways, we are speaking with Colonel Jim Warshuk here. He's a, uh, a contributor and an outstanding patriot. And uh, I, again, call one of our American heroes on America Out Loud. Just go to our site, AmericaOutloud.com. Look up Colonel Warshuk right there as one of our experts. You'll get all of his magnificent write-ins and his uh, opinion pieces over the years. Now, they're all there as well for you to read. Listen, I, I want to take a second and tell you all how proud we are of the platform on America Out Loud and how privileged we are to have people like Colonel Jim Warshuk with us. Um, make no mistake about it. This platform has been very, very special. It has been growing tremendously these past many years. Again, this was not part of my master agenda, as I've told you folks at one time or so before. But again, this this whole platform was to me really a gift from God and something that I was really called to do and to bring the voices out in the way that we've done it. So we've got the coolest stuff. We've got, uh, you know, great some of the great bloggers in the country on the site, great writers and, and people. People with uh, terrific opinions. We have uh, our, our our talk radio network. We have podcast on there. We have a video, our web TV component. There are a lot of moving pieces on America Out Loud. And so, again, I, I think it's important for everybody to know uh, patriotism is something I'm all about. Listen. If there's a real joy for me in any of this, it's to have people like Colonel Warshuk and also all of our military, our special operations. And uh, all of our military leaders have a home at America Out Loud. We are total pro-military, one million gazillion percent. You take OPSEC, Special Operations, and Colonel uh, Jamie Williamson, and uh, and the group at OPSEC are incredible, which which Colonel Warshuk has uh, helped them out as well and been uh, participated in that. Uh, Again, some of the best people, some of the best patriots you'll find there, and they have their show, OPSEC Radio, on the Talk Radio Network, by the way, the podcast as well so that's real cool and uh, then we've got you know our mil- our not only our um, uh, military but our law enforcement uh, lieutenant randy sutton of blue lives matter all the people that we uh, support wholeheartedly here at america out loud um, as well we really really appreciate and we have a whole lineup of new shows i just want to take a moment to tell you that and you got to check out orwell uh 2084 um uh, incredible host there um David Boron, a really interesting man. If you haven't heard him, Colonel, you got to listen into him. Uh, um, David Boron is the host, and uh, it's um, uh, another patriot, by the way. Um, but George Orwell, twenty eighty four. He's a privacy expert. That's why we, we his show is named that uh, affectionately. So, and he's one of the new shows on our network, as well as OPSEC and many others, by the way, that we have there. So go check it out. We continue our expansion there. Oh, there's a whole lot I want to talk to uh, about here with Colonel Warshock today, and uh, to um, really get a sense now that we are on the day after, and America has spoken. And, uh, you know, it's not all the time that our country, by the way, delivers 
uh, an unencumbered uh, path forward and a an approach which is what we call undivided government. Usually it's they usually folks vote for divided government and it's called sort of a checks and balances. But I think the, the folks have uh, probably seen that we've gone so far down the path of, well, kind of getting borderline socialist now, getting a little uncomfortable and a little itchy for some of us patriots here, you know, <laughs> in all fairness. Um, and that I think that, um, you know, I think the American people spoke up and gave um, the, the House, the Senate, the presidency. That doesn't happen a lot, Colonel Warshuk, huh? That, that's a good point. In fact, I was just reading a, a piece earlier today. Uh, and if I stand uh, correct here, um, what I found was uh, it says Republicans will now be in control of all three branches of government for the first time since 1928. Get out of here. Are yeah, you for real? That was, I, I, I saw that up on a, on, a, on a friend's blog site, and I said, that's got to be really, really interesting and profound. And, and my, first, my first reaction was, uh, and, and also we gained some governor seats as well. Uh, so my reaction is, so we have no, no excuses. We've got to get it right this time. If if this is if this is the way it is, uh, we have an opportunity to really do things. And Donald Trump has has been given the tools. Uh, when I say tools, I mean his the con <clears throat> excuse me the Congress and every and the governors and everybody else to 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 work with him. Uh, so we've we've got to get it right, and and here's the opportunity where I think um, um, Americans out there need to demand of their representatives in Congress, uh, Republican or Democrat, their governors and and all their political leaders, uh, to work to uh, rewrite the flaws of the last eight years and 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 help the new this new president. Uh, achieve what he needs to achieve not for himself and not for his legacy but but for america as a whole to make america uh, a leader in the world and i've i've talked to a lot of um foreign analysts and 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 political pundits and reporters uh in the last month uh who have come to this country to to witness this election uh and and Every single one of them were saying is, you know, we want America in in a leadership position in the world. We we may not like your president, but we want America to be the leader in the world. We want to respect America the way we've always respected it. We don't have to like it, but we want that respect because we know uh as in the past america will do the right thing and that's the most important thing and america so america you know, do the right thing that's and that's fun. what that's what they want to see they feel amen uh and, and we set that precedent you know in in two world wars where we went to the rescue and of of, of europe and, and 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 asia and we've done things you know it was always whenever there was a uh, a catastrophe or, or natural disaster in the world it was america who was there first uh helping out whether it was an earthquake or 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 a uh a hurricane or, or a cyclone or wherever, uh, 
typhoon. We were always there, and that's I think that's what the leadership that the, that that the world wants to see. They don't want us to to dictate how the world should be. They just want to know that America will be there when when think when there are situations that need to be uh, taken care of. And I I, I think they're right. And I, and and. We used to do that, and we 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 played a major role in the world. And you know this notion of well, we're going to be just like every other country in the world. Um, I don't think people. I don't think human nature uh, is to to be that way. They, we you know we always look to someone as the adult in the room, depending on the situation, so to speak. Um, whether you're a kid or a teenager, uh, you always look for who who is going to be here to help me if I need help. I may not I may not be asking for it all the time, but when we're up against something serious, they they want somebody to be there to uh, you know take care of the situation. And and I think you know that's that's a human a human behavioral human nature kind of thing that when you when you look at uh, the world as it is, it's begging for that now. Well, there's a lot of great talent in the world, and that's why we have that right up top of America Out Loud, let the silent voices be heard. And we're actually doing that back at America Out Loud Talk Radio. You'll find a whole great lineup of shows there. Check us out, AmericaOutloud.com. We podcast all the shows there. You'll, you'll find this show right there and many others. Or you'll find us also streaming now. We are on our own talk radio network. You'll find us on places like TuneIn, AHA Radio, Radio God FM, iTunes Radio, and a whole lot more. Well, listen, I want to talk to you about being organized in your life. I know it's important for all of us. I want to introduce you to Closets by Design. You know, this is just a great company. It's a national firm. They're on the West Coast, but you'll find them, a lot of their retail centers throughout the United States. Whether it's a closet, garage, home office, laundry, pantries, just about everything these folks have. Check them out closetsbydesign.com Again, stay tuned. we got a great show here today. There was a lot of talk in this election uh, with two of the big issues where people had uh, real troubles with the President Trump. Uh, Colonel, uh, one was, uh, and the, the, this is what was spun. And, and you got again, you got to remember here, elections are based on dirty business. Uh, a lot of it is you throw as much against the other uh, candidate as you can. Not all pretty, by the way. And uh, you see what some of that it, it can stick. Uh, it, it's not a pretty thing. Uh, it's very dirty, in fact. But you see, the reason for this is the power. And the problem is the people who seek the power. Power often are sometimes, uh, uh, not to be a funny guy here, Colonel, but can oftentimes be the lowest possible denominator in our society. And I am not trying to be a, a wise guy here, but I really believe that many of these uh, power seekers are the low crawlers, if you will, in society. And so back to this mud throw and back and forth. So a couple of the big issues against Donald Trump that people were having a hard time struggling with. One 
was foreign policy, one was uh, Russia. Russia was made a real campaign issue. We knew it was sort of a tongue-in-cheek sort of thing, but it was really became, uh, you'd say something enough times, Colonel, and people start to believe it. You know that, don't you? Yeah? Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. I keep telling you the same thing time and time again. You're, you're going to believe it at some point. So that that's part of the big challenge here. Um, that So Russia was a big issue in this election. Uh, and um, foreign policy as a whole. But, you know, when that whole foreign policy argument was brought up, I don't know any president who takes the White House uh, who is supposed to know all the ins and outs. There's no way they know it, 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 it because they've never been in that position before, Colonel. You take uh, Barack Obama when he came into office. Uh, he didn't know anything. He was a junior senator. He was as green as they could be. I mean, you know, so what makes this any different when they started saying, well, he didn't have the experience. Experience what? Experience to, you mean the experience where he's already screwed up? you mean? Or the experience where he's already been corrupt, you mean? Or the experience where he's put a, um, a server uh, to house his emails in his home, uh, possibly, or whatever the hell it was? Is that the experience you're talking about? Again, I know I'm being a bit of a wise guy here, but, but you understand what I mean by this whole thing. We elect a president based on them, you know, uh, being able to get up to speed quickly, uh, get through the selection cycle and begin to um, lead this country. And it really is a job they learn as they get in there and they create these foreign relationships. But here's the thing. So, you know, what happened overnight now into the night was uh, President Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, who there's been a lot of conversation about on here, much of it overblown and overspoken, by the way. And Colonel Warshuk, you know a lot more about this than myself and many listeners about this uh, 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 this relationship, if you will, with Russia and the United States. But but let me I want you to take this in just a second. But let me say this. So he sent a tweet out that said this. He sent a tweet out that said he hopes, I don't have the exact words in front of me, but you'll know what I'm saying. You've seen it, I'm sure, uh, Colonel. It said that I, um, he uh, is looking forward to um, rebuilding this relationship with America. That was, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, but that's what I got out of it, you know, um, was that he's looking to um, work with a uh, Trump presidency to rebuild the relationship. Now, folks, you can say what you want. And you may this or that or think whatever the whole Russia conversation. But, you know, I believe it's our strength and our ability as a leader to be able to sit down with folks like this, including uh, common. I don't want to use the word enemies, but, uh, um, you know, uh, people that don't always see eye to eye philosophically uh, and to be able to sit with them at the table and to draw some conclusions. The point is, we have to work with people. You can't just, you know, turn them off. And throw and think it doesn't matter, especially someone like Russia or China. Um, we have to talk to these people. So I have always felt there is an opportunity ahead to have a pretty good working relationship with Russia. Now, does that mean we, you know, let our guard down? No, it doesn't mean that at all. No, but it means that we be respectful of the fact that you know our republic is different than other countries. And I just ask us in America to be respectful of that. We can't push our form of, uh, 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 you know, government 
against every other country out there. That's been a real problem out there, Colonel. So you get what I'm saying. So the Russia thing, I think, is very positive. I think we may have a shot now, finally, to sit down, as as another president did a long time ago in my lifetime, a president uh, by the name of, uh, uh, actually, my hero, uh, President Ronald Reagan. He was unbelievable in foreign relationships, and he created a lot of uh, positivity back here at home and saved us a lot of grief, Colonel. Tell me what you think about Russia, what's going to happen ahead. And uh, how this works out with a now President Trump and a uh, President Vladimir Putin in Russia. What do you see? Put your uh, crystal ball here ahead here. What do you think? Well, certainly uh, the the picture you just painted, and I, I am in 100% agreement with, agreement with you on that uh, with regard to how Donald Trump uh, should position himself with every leader in the world that we deal with uh he's a businessman and he brings those characteristics and talents uh where he has to sit at the table with perhaps a potential um not so much an adversary but a competitor uh and talk about relationships and talk about uh the situation they are in and 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 perhaps work out agreements or whatever it is and, and so I think what he's he's doing is uh, and of course he, he knows this and and there was a lot of advisement going into those pronouncements that he made that he would sit down with Vladimir Putin and what that does and and I know this is the way Ronald Reagan approached it too and uh Richard Nixon, who was probably our most astute foreign policy president, uh, despite what happened in his presidency. But, you know, I was going to say know, that we were- to you, but I didn't want to jump the gun, and I'm glad you brought that up, because that would be my second president, I think, that had yes. the— uh, and I'm so glad you said that was President Nixon. Highly underrated what we're speaking about right now, folks, and really could have been a, a tremendous presidency if it wasn't for that one major blemish. And, and the point I'm trying to make here is both— particularly and and Nixon was most famous for his uh approach and and putting extending the hand to to communist china uh and the same thing with Ronald Reagan and and Gorbachev and the same thing I think we will see with with both China and Russia, with with Donald Trump is he's going to sit around the table and talk with these guys and he's going to lay it all out and he's going to want to have normalized uh, friendly w- relationships with them, and he's going to put the onus on them, not overtly, but he's basically laying out, look, we're here, I'm willing, in fact, he said it last night in his speech, I'm willing to work with you and be partners with you in the world as long as you are willing to do the same with us. And so he's putting it on them that we're not going to approach this new relationship with the world from an adversarial standpoint. We are going to be the friendly group. Now, if you choose to do otherwise, then all bets are off. And we will then deal with it from that whatever level of adversarial relationship it it goes to. Uh, You know, I see him sitting down even with, you know, groups like uh, Hamas and Hezbollah and basically doing the same thing. You know, we don't want terrorism. We don't want this going on. You are actually political front groups uh, for the terrorist 
activities that you do. But if you are really that type of group, if you are really that type of nation that wants to get along in the world, we're here and we're willing to to do that. And so I think what he's he's going in there uh, a level playing field. And it's going to be up to those countries and those groups to define what the relationship is, not us. And so I think he's approaching it with, from a very uh, pragmatic approach that uh, it makes us less adversarial. And so we can, in in depending on how things go, if things don't work out, he can say, you were at fault, not us. We offered the olive branch. You didn't take it or you took it and broke it. You know, he's I think he's he's doing it from a very smart approach that will uh, hopefully work out in the long run. We may we may develop and and create a more peaceful world as a result of that, uh, where I think Hillary was going in there. And, 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 you know, if you look at everything she did as 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 secretary of state from you know we were trying to do that in libya with Gaddafi. Gaddafi was changing his ways and 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 barack obama and her came in not looking at the new information on the table that was there that hey we we may be able to make amends with this guy despite his years of of an arab national terrorism and change him for the good of the region uh and plus he was sharing intel with us on al-qaeda uh and she took him out and and then she went after one of our most loyal allies in egypt president mubarak and 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 took him out and then the most insane thing she did was the biggest problem maker in the region uh in syria she said that the guy was was a reformer and we were basically our policy had been for years to keep him in a box and keep him contained while we dealt with the other problems in the region and then we could go back to him later after we solved other problems and she just turned the card upside down uh and the middle east is the way it is and i i have to honestly having served many many years in the region under multiple presidents really upset the apple cart in the middle east and it is what it is because of both her and obama and 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 john Kerry, just totally uh incompetent and inept at at doing foreign policy foreign relations and and national security strategy the pieces you just laid out there are uh, very informative for everybody to hear what's really happened and what you've just set up really is the unraveling of the middle east what really happened Uh, and you just you just did it in a very capsule and eloquent version of it uh you know getting right to the point is okay so how do we get into this mess well here's how we got into this mess one two three four five now you know some people can argue some of the uh, small details here or there, but I, I think the overall picture, it's very, very hard to argue this. Now, what we're talking about here, Colonel, is we're talking about leadership. And when you are able to sit down at the table, as we started this conversation talking about Russia and, and you know, sit down with a country that where you have to have mutual interest, you've got to come to the table 
And, you know, this is just the way it is. And this is the only way we can position ourselves around the world. And, and this is for the betterment of all of America, all American people, Republicans, Democrats, independents, all of us benefit uh, with this idea of leadership, being able to sit down with folks to understand what's in our best interest. One of the things I so enjoyed, by the way, Colonel, in his acceptance speech is when he came out and said that uh, he was going to and he, he I, I love the way he did this, by the way, because he made no bones about it. I, I've never heard this in an acceptance speech, but he come right out and said, looked at the camera, whatever. This was, you know, in the acceptance speech now and said, you know what? We're going to put America first. This was his warning sign to the entire world and to all of the countries. Now, this was a far different. Now, I know I'm going to be a wise guy here again in a minute. But the way this started in 08, when Barack Obama went around the world, really apologizing. Not not really. He definitely apologized for American greatness and exceptionalism, which, by the way, for a guy like me as a patriot, drove me bananas. I mean, drove me up the wall and down again. Okay, it 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 went made me ballistic. Uh, but that really happened. But here's a guy who stood up there in the camera and said, "You know what? Well, we're going to do this, but we're going to put America first. And people just stop like hell. And you hear the crowd go. I mean, we just haven't heard that in a while, Colonel Warshuk. We haven't heard that. What happened to America first? And yet then. You know, he then said, yeah, and we're going to work with all the countries out there to calm our allies down and our partners and our adversaries. Absolutely. But do you know what? Allies and adversaries and others out there, we're going to put America first. Now, that is a hell of a campaign. And I'll tell you what. You, get, you, you give me a guy who can do that as president, and I'll give him or her the keys to the car. And I'll let them drive it all around the world, Colonel Warshuk, throughout Europe and everywhere else, because American pride in patriotism is alive and well right here in 2016, in the year of our Lord. You know that? Absolutely. You are so right, Malcolm. It was refreshing to hear Donald Trump say what he said last night in his speech. Uh, I think his... Uh, his positioning and telling the world, you know, we're going to do this. It's going to be America first. I think they respect that, and they and they think they understand that, and they probably want to see that because they know when America is prosperous and when America is thriving and when America is not struggling with some of the things we've seen in recent years, police shootings and uh, our, our economy going down the tubes and a lot of uh, other problems, you know, the world doesn't want to see that because it affects it affects them and it affects their relations with us and it affects commerce and trade and and and, and tourism. And when America is not well, uh, they are not well. They are having to deal with that. And I think they realize that, uh, and that gets back to what I said earlier, where they want to see America, uh, as Ronald Reagan said, and you know this, and you've heard that so many times, that shining light on the hill. Uh, shining light on a hill. That shining city, man. It is indeed. Amen. Take it. Take take the special cloths out and polish that brass up because it's coming back. Thank God. 
uh, that it turned out the way it did. Well, we thank uh, God that, the, but, that, that that all the patriots rose up, Colonel. I mean, we thank right, God right. today that pa- that patriots heard the calling. We thank God that, uh, you know, really, that patriots heard the calling of the Paul Revere of today and uh, that they were able to rise to this occasion. Because, again, as I started the show with you moments ago, to me, this was the next uh, American revolution, uh, which I've talked about. I've talked about this for years. Now, I wasn't sure if it was going to be a peaceful revolution, Colonel. Again, not to be a smart guy here. I didn't know if it was going to be a peaceful revolution. I did not know if it was going to take, uh, you know, need some of our guns or bayonets or or uh, what do you call it? It's a pocket knives or what have you, you know, baseball bats. I wasn't sure, but I was sure of this, that there was going to be an American revolution ahead. I've seen it coming. I've seen it coming for years. I've seen it coming because Republicans and Democrats have done a very bad job in governing our country. And they've let our country down. You're listening to the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. That's where we say, let the silent voices be heard. You'll find a whole host of shows and a lineup of great content back at AmericaOutloud.com. This is the best part of the show right now that I want to talk to Colonel Warshuk on. And I'm going to throw him uh, some, uh, a few different, I, I want to get his observations. Colonel, put your, again, just play with me here a moment. Put your crystal ball hat on. And in, in the time we have left, I want to throw you some various um, questions, quandaries, challenges, uh, whatever they may be. Uh, and just take about, you know, 30 seconds each one for me and, and just give us an answer back. So here's what I'm asking you to do. So here we are the day after this American revolution happened. And I want you to look two years from now, two years. I want you to look in, in the year 2018, two years from now. And tell me what happens to the following things. In your estimation, again, let's take about not too long. So we can't get all the details right now, but I promise you this. We can talk about some of these details in future shows. But let's set this up right now. So Colonel Warshuk, you're, 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 you're a, a military leader, an American hero. Let's talk about you know what you think happens now, two years from now, in these areas. Let's start with this. The Russia and American relationship. What does it look like two years from now, Colonel? I think we see a series of summits between Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump. I think we see uh, perhaps some agreements uh, established bringing uh, America, uh, Europe, and Russia together together. Uh, because there's some critical aspects of uh, Europe uh, and Russia with 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 the the pipelines going from Russia uh, to Europe. Russia pre- predominantly provides most of the fuel uh, oil to to Europe, uh, which Ronald Reagan in 1982 warned the Russian the, the Europeans about. Don't make this deal. And of course, that's when exactly. we were still dealing with the Cold War. So I think we see some critical things from that standpoint. I think a third area: Donald Trump offers the Russians the opportunity to work with us to resolve the situation in 
the Middle East with regard to Syria. Uh, uh, fourth, uh, there is there is an effort where uh, Trump tells the Russians, "Okay, it's time to get out of the Ukraine." Uh, and fifth, and maybe the most important, or it may be higher up on the list. Uh, the relationship that Russia is right now developing with Iran. I want to talk to you about uh, that now. So what happens to the Iran deal uh, in um, two, two years from now? Where, what does the Iran deal look like? He's going to go to Congress and he's he, he's going to say, OK, we this treaty, being that it's a treaty, has to be ratified because under the constitution and under under our 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 laws and under how we do uh international treaties uh they they have to be ratified by the congress he he did that um behind the scenes via his uh his pen and his phone uh that needs to be straightened out um i think he will reapply sanctions on iran which he can do based on uh what iran is doing uh, and 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 our intelligence community will be utilized for the purpose it's there to provide the president information to make national security decisions hey by the way did Uh, you see that tweet did you see that tweet from the president of iran overnight I uh, didn't see that yet. President Rouhani uh, came out and said that uh, he warned uh, the country here that um, the uh, Iran nuclear deal was not up for conversation, that it was permanent. <laughs> I thought you'd like that, Colonel. <laughs> well, you know, that that coming from 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 Iran really, really doesn't. doesn't you mean you're not thing. surprised? You're not floored by I'm that? I'm not surprised <laughs> at all. You know, that's a that's a sign of of that's being defensive and a sign of desperation on a part of Iran, they're scared. Oh, they are I, also, I really also. I really think they're scared uh, because if we put sanctions back on, uh, I, I don't know uh, the technical details of being able to he may if there if there are if there is money that not has not yet made it to Iran out of the the 150 billion, uh, he may be able to uh, you know turn the spigot off on that and stop it. Um, but he's certainly going to have to uh, renegotiate and ratify or just turn uh, probably the best thing just tear up that deal altogether because it's meaningless well that's what uh, they've talked only, about that's what they've talked about you know but d- d- doesn't you know they, that's that's the point and they they okay. and and the thing is we will have to put in place mechanisms uh to prevent them from uh going down the road of building and you know they're they're only months away from actually developing a nuclear weapon and let me add this part if we have time and and in fact it might be a a great discussion down the road another show to talk about um the iran the uh, i've worked a lot on on iran over the years and 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 what i do know and what i can say is the iranians know that if they get a nuclear weapon the second it's operationalized, they have to use it. They don't have the opportunity to flaunt it and walk around and say, don't mess with us. We have a nuclear weapon uh, the way Kim Jong-il in Korea does. And, you know, 
other countries that have weapons. They don't. They will not get that opportunity. The Israelis will not give them up. That by the way, the, the, uh, the, the Prime Minister, uh, 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 our hero as well, uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, came out and also tweeted overnight and sent message uh, to uh, President Trump that he is a true friend, a true hero of Israel, and he looks forward to working with him. And I can tell you right oh, now, friends, and, and I'm sure Colonel will agree with me, that let me just say that there's more, uh, and I'm going to tell you right now, and I think the colonel will endorse this, but uh, let's just say that, that the champagne is pouring loud and and fast in Israel today. Absolutely, and I and I'm you you, you can you can buy me the drink at, at the bar, or I will buy you the drink at the bar. I think Netanyahu will be the first guest that Donald Trump has at the White House as far as a head of state. You know what? I hope and, you're right. I hope you're right. And, and, and long, long, long overdue, he will present Israel. And, and for those of the folks out there who don't understand or don't know the meaning of a state dinner, which is very, very high, uh, presidents do about maybe four a year. Uh, and it recognizes close, deep friendships with with countries. I've actually, uh, when I worked in the White House, attended several of them, uh, and it's and it is a big deal because it starts out with a military. Uh, oh, they're fabulous. Salute on the fabulous. South Lawn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's it's it is a very high, uh, high level, um, the highest level of di- digni- of of diplomatic recognition to a country. Just trying to stress Listen, that. Listen, it, 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 it will be it'll be with it will be with with Israel. But by the way, if you if you're fortunate enough, uh, being that you worked within the Trump thing, if you get an invitation to one of these events or one of these uh, uh, beautiful moments here in the years ahead somehow if that happens by chance uh please allow me to be your date and leave leave, leave the wife at home <laughs> for that and uh, and i will uh, i'll carry your bags in how's she, that <laughs> she probably wouldn't care because she says all the time all you guys are going to do is talk politics anyway That's it. We'll, we'll, we'll buy her a ticket anywhere she wants to go in the world and i'll go with you and i'll carry your bags and how's that and by the way i hope the second guest is the prime minister Theresa. May of the yes. United Kingdom. Yes, you know, yes, absolutely. That's the that, one. that relationship has to be rebuilt as well. Yeah, we're looking for that as well. So that is truly, truly amazing. There's a lot more predictions ahead, but obviously we've got to uh, close out here. And one thing I want to uh, mention to folks, too, uh, uh, Colonel, I want to tell uh, folks that they realize that we talked early on of the balance of power uh, between Congress and the presidency. And actually, we, I want to correct the record a moment, uh, 13 times. Uh, since 1945, both branches of Congress and the presidency have been controlled by the same party. But here's the thing. The Democrats have had 11 of those and the Republicans have had two, by the way. Right. Yeah. Right. So that is the record on that. And uh, and it wasn't too far back. So so here's the thing. The big thing I think you will agree with me on is let's pray that that this new leadership let's just pray this moment on the day after after this 
uh, magnificent American revolution without a without a shot being fired. Okay, let's just pray that they do the right thing. So often I have been critical of all politicians all over the aisle, up and down for promising things they don't do when in office. And God help us now. The fact that you have now chosen a President Donald J. Trump as the 45th President of these United States in this historical, historical moment of time, I pray with all of you today that this President does the right thing. I know he's a patriot. I know he said he loves his country more than once, and we do as well. And I will say to you, friends, that we will hold him accountable 